Welcome to Speakeasy. No drinks, just dialogue with Kansas City's doers and makers. I'm Drew. And I'm Derek. And thanks for listening. We are here today with Artie Davis, a.k.a. Remus Powers PHB. We're going to talk a little bit about barbecue and a little bit about Kansas City. So welcome, uh, Artie. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Well, Let, thank you for joining us. Let's start with the name right there, because I think uh, a lot of people's ears probably perked up. Drew didn't say PhD as in Derek. He said PHB as in barbecue. That's right. Explain that, that means for us. Bar- uh, doctor of Barbecue Philosophy. Now, is that, do you go to school for that? or well, the School <laughs> of Hard Knocks. You know, I, I do have a lot of respect for philosophy. I was a philosophy major in college, along with sociology major. And <clears throat> I didn't go on for the Ph.D. I did teach in a community college, but that's where my interest in philosophy started. Mm-hmm. And then doing research, I found that the original philosophers were barbecue people. You know, you've heard of the cave people sitting around the campfire eating barbecue talking about the meaning of life yeah and that's where we got that expression i have a bone to pick with you oh. yeah. <laughs> that's, I, that's a story i like to tell <laughs> that's a good way to start no, no one can prove that it's wrong <laughs> no that's a good way to start but yeah. i mean it is interesting that you talk about that because a lot of people say that the best conversations the best kind of interactions happen in the kitchen or happen mm-hmm. around food sure um how does barbecue play into that story oh gosh there's on any topic related to barbecue, you can go on and on. And, <laughs> yeah. and I might say there's also a lot of philosophy involved in barbecue. Aesthetics, you know, appearance, looks, mm-hmm. ethics. Uh-huh. Talk. We were talking about shigging a while back, a while ago. Uh, all that, but it's a matter of where do you get the best meat? Uh, one question is, do you get the cheapest, toughest? and stick with tradition of how barbecue got started mm-hmm. commercially or do you go for the wagyu and the premium stuff <clears throat> that's the direction most of the teams are going now the, the real buzzy so they want to give themselves an edge they'll mm-hmm. get the expensive meat instead of the cheap tough meat i prefer the latter because it's more in line with the old tradition old school style yeah right so you uh, you talked about the teams. Uh, for those who don't know, what is uh, the World Series of Barbecue, and how do you kind of fit into that story? Yeah. Well, American Royal, it's uh, probably the granddaddy of most of our contests around here. I'd say that's fair. And that's, that's where I got hooked locally. I went to uh, the American Royal when it was at, in the uh, Golden Ox parking lot. I thought, wow, this, they've got something going here. <laughs> So I was inspired to start a sauce contest later in 1984, and the American Royal at that time was in November, so I deliberately set a date to not conflict with them. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, the fourth year of my contest, the American Royal selected my contest date. So I called the people there, and I said, what's going on? You know, They said, well, you need to talk to Jack Kay. He was the in, in charge of the barbecue at that time. So Jack and I met at least for a couple of hours at Chili's on Metcalf, which isn't there anymore. <laughs> That's uh, where all the me- we, meetings of the yeah, minds yeah, take place. We, <laughs> we, we picked some bones together. <laughs> and at the end, we decided, well, why not marry those two contests? So we shook hands on it. And I've been actively involved with the Royal ever since. They wanted, uh, or the Barbecue Society adapted my oath for the sauce contest Mm -hmm. they asked me if they could do that if i could adapt it 
for a meat contest. Gladly, I did that. It's only gone through one change since then. One change in yeah. how many, 30-something years? Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Do you know yeah. it by heart? Oh, yeah. I've done it so many times. <laughs> Can you do it right now? Sure. You want to take the oath? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Do I have to hold my hand up? Is there like a plate of barnacles? Hand over my ribs. Hand over my ribs. I might say, as a prelude, when I say objective and subjective, there are objective rules. One would be if you're entering pork, it better be pork and not beef or fish or something. That's fair. It's mostly subjective. It's what you like, but you have to be fair. I encourage people to, to not just judge everything according to how their uh, childhood memory right. fits you know right. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know be broader than that mm-hmm. so i often ask the prospective judges if they can taste the difference between a mac rib sandwich and real barbecue please stand if they're able raise their right hand and repeat after me okay I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. To objectively and subjectively evaluate. To objectively and subjectively evaluate. Each barbecue meat. Each each barbecue barbecue meat. That is presented. That is presented. presented To my eyes. To my my eyes. My nose. My nose. My hands. My hands. hands, And my palate. And my palate. I accept my duty. I accept my duty. To be a 2018 36th Annual American Royal World Series of Barbecue KCBS sanctioned barbecue judge. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah, yeah, same. Okay. So that truth. So, so the truth, truth, justice, justice, excellence in barbecue, excellence in barbecue, and the American way of life, and the American way of life may be strengthened and preserved forever. May be strengthened, strengthened and, and preserved, preserved forever. forever. So then you're on on your oath. All right. I always go through that long thing because wow. uh, it trips the judges oh, yeah, up yeah. and they get a little chuckle. Well, I yeah. feel different. I don't know about <laughs> I you, feel different. I feel like yeah. a really, expert. <laughs> that's the sociologist in me. Long ago, recognized the importance of ritual and tradition and. This has become a really important well, ritual and tradition. It's yeah. stood the test of time. And yeah. Look at you now. You're here sitting in a podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That may be the I only. That speaks fondly. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be remembered. <laughs> much more lauded yeah. than that. That's, I don't know if I'll uh, be remembered for it, but at least it but gives me the... satisfaction. I know all over the world people take that oath. Every weekend. <laughs> so since the founding, though, you've offered authored 12 barbecue books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you become a newspaper columnist on the topic. You've appeared on uh, radio and television mm-hmm. shows talking about Kansas City barbecue. It's almost as if you become the granddaddy of Kansas City barbecue. Well, I'm having fun. And there are a lot. I stand on a lot of shoulders. I'll say that. You know. <laughs> and more recently, um, there was a team out of, gosh, I've forgotten where they they come from mm-hmm. but um, they did an Amazon Prime production mm-hmm. called Smoke and Ribbons and it followed uh, Burnt In Barbecue or Burnt Finger Barbecue mm-hmm. okay and another team I've forgotten it but there's I did some interviews with them but I haven't seen the full well, I'm sure thing they, I'm sure they turned but out it really starts well. out with the oath ah, yeah, part of well, the oath of course it yeah. does yeah why not <laughs> in, so, in the Remus outfit <laughs> well that's a good that's a good yeah. topic right there your, your alter ego Remus mm-hmm. Powers PHB where did this person come mm-hmm. from where okay. did the, this apron and this sure. derby hat yeah it has meaning and I, I started in college I was writing doggerel to my wife she wasn't my wife then yeah. you know just Corny little sonnets and things, and <laughs> I, my pen name was Remus Powers. Oh. And so the Remus came from there. The Powers, my dad was a car painter. 
he started out as a body man. There was a mechanic at the shop named Powers, and he was this cool guy with wire rim glasses. This was back when James Dean was a big deal in the movies. And I thought, you know, man, Powers is a lot like James Dean, and so I was going to be a mechanic like him. Uh-huh. My dad said, no, you're going to college. I don't <laughs> I took the powers from that that fellow, and then since I was, I'm big into philosophy, I decided, well, why not be a doctor of barbecue philosophy? Well, why not? So that's, well, it, it seems then, to be a larger-than-life character. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, you, you said that people recognize they hear that's voice right. and they say they hear Remus. Yeah, and so, that's right. So are you just like at the American Royal Competition, you just like wandering around in your outfit? Well, like, yeah, I, you know, judging is hard work, so yeah. I, I've judged Oh, at least more than 300 times. And I enjoy it, but I also enjoy just getting out and circulating, visiting with teams and people mm-hmm. at the contests. And I'd much rather do that, especially at the American Royal. Oh, yeah. Um, at Lenexa, I do the same. I, I give the oath there. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's interesting because I'm sure there are barbecue competitions all over the country, mm-hmm. but the American Royal is something very special to Kansas yes. City. What makes Kansas City so um, special to barbecue? Well, we have a reputation, and uh, there's speculation as to how we got that reputation. But backing up before we got the reputation, we had what I call three R's, rivers, rails, and resources. Our rivers made us a transportation hub. Then later, when the rails came in, further strengthened our transportation hub. We became second only to Chicago as a stockyards. That's a resource, meat. Mm-hmm. The migration of African Americans to from the south to Kansas City in a couple of waves. They were also brought the resources, how to build a pit, how to cook barbecue. We stand on their shoulders. And then the fame came along because, um, and I think Ollie Gates is known for telling this, the sportscasters at the old baseball field would smell that barbecue smoke coming from nearby barbecue places. Hmm. And they would talk about it, and then sooner or later, they actually got to eat some barbecue, and they were raving about it on air. So that helped give us a reputation. We also credit Calvin Trillin in mm-hmm. his Tummy Trilogy, the American Fried uh, piece of that trilogy, where he talks about going into Arthur Bryant's and picking up those free burnt edges right out of the mm-hmm. right through the window anyone is can you know brag about doing that right. is, is lucky so he pronounced uh, Arthur Bryant's the single best restaurant in the world and that was in and, Playboy and, magazine right yeah it's Playboy and then this a version of it is in American fried right the, his book and that really I mean it was tongue-in-cheek obviously but some people took him seriously and everyone <laughs> it got attention and, and that really themselves. helped us yeah so when did the bug bite you like well raised in oklahoma my dad built his own barbecue pit and when that wore, wore out he got a weber so he taught me a lot uh, we would have he, he'd work till saturday noon so he only had sundays off and we would save up money and buy meat and have neighborhood and family come over and mostly grilling. But he mm-hmm. he taught me some uh, low and slow smoking, too. Mm-hmm. So I already had that in my bones when I moved to Kansas City. But um, it was 
the, the sauce contest that I started in 84, that got me involved in contest barbecue and became a charter member of the Barbecue Society, Kansas City Barbecue Society. One thing I insist when you judge barbecue sauce, it's called barbecue sauce. If you're just judging it on a finger or a piece of bread or a cracker, you can call that a finger sauce contest or a cracker sauce you contest. You try it on the food. Oh. It's made for unseasoned barbecue meat. It's the seasoning. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't tried it, first of all, you try it by itself. It can taste really good that way. Mm. Put it on barbecue meat. May taste entirely different. May make it better. May make it terrible. So, it has to be done tasted both ways, and and we've done that ever since, you know, the contest started. And they do that at Jack Daniels now too. I had to preach at them for several <laughs> years, but finally, in their sauce because they've got cont- their own sauce, right? Yeah. yeah. And and the teams that compete there enter a sauce. That's the first thing the judges judge, and they have barbecue meat to taste the sauces with. I had never thought about that before, yeah. but that makes sense. Um, I'm wondering when you are actually doing the taste test, mm-hmm. what are you looking for? Because we've talked to um, someone who's uh, involved with champagne and they mm-hmm. told us a little bit about how you tasting sure. wine has a very specific their set of mm-hmm. rules. Are you just going based purely on does this like it marries well with the meat, it tastes great to me? Or That's the main thing. You're just relying that, on your own you, taste? We do appearance, and that can be deceptive, mm-hmm. especially if you're programmed to think barbecue sauce should be red and not yellow or right. not, or white, not like vinegar or white. Yeah. 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 So it, and that's just basically, does it look good to you? Mm-hmm. And that you score it on that basis, but the, the main score goes on how does it taste by itself and on barbecue meat. And that, I tell people that we also do texture, but that's, again, <clears throat> it could be a Carolina vinegar sauce and be, you know, thin and not thick and stick to the meat, but it flavors the meat well. So I say be generous on that because it doesn't have to stick. But flavor then um, by itself and on meat, we double that score. And that, again, is subjective. We just encourage people, if you've never had a mustard sauce, you know, open your mind to the mm-hmm. fact that that, especially on pork, you know, pork is a sweet meat to begin with. The mm-hmm. mustard is a sour flavor, and so is so are the vinegar sauces. They really complement pork very well. That would explain why pulled yeah. pork is so popular. Yeah, stuff yeah. Carolinas. Mm-hmm. So we we just say, give it your best shot. Act as if you're a consumer, and would you buy this sauce? You know, having tasted it, hmm. and we go from there. I like it. Um, we talking more about just the different kinds of barbecue. Mm-hmm. When you're doing the taste competition, do you get, you know, Texas style, Carolina style, Alabama style, and how do you how do you rate that? How do you make up for that? Yeah. And, In contests, it tends to be what I call contest style. Mm-hmm. There, the teams are, you know, now the stakes are high at some of these contests. You can make a lot of money, oh, yeah. person, and you can yeah. lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So. They are looking at what do the judges like. Um, some of them, uh, the Slap you, Slap you Daddy team out of California, <laughs> he will go and teach a class of local people and find out what people like locally, and then he'll adjust his cooking to that. A focus group. And it works. Sense. It works. Yeah. You know, it works. Others just, they know basically across the board, wherever you go, 
judges like candy. This is one of my gripes. <laughs> um, they, the judges are basically going to take one, maybe two at the most bites. Mm-hmm. So that that bite has to be packed with flavor. Mm-hmm. Punch. Yeah, with yeah. a punch. Yeah. And they found that m- so far most of the teams that win have what I call candied ribs, candied thighs, you know, candied, not so much brisket. It's hard to candy that. And uh, that's how they go. So you'd think there would be regional differences. I yeah. have yet to see any in any contest with a mustard sauce yeah. or a white sauce. And one reason is uh, they're afraid that they would be disqualified because there's a thing called marking. Mm-hmm. And if you have friends who are judging and you tell them, no, when you see that thigh with white sauce on it, that's mine. Yeah. You know? So they tend to stay in the in the red zone interesting yeah so why does it irk you with the candy well because i want to taste the meat it's a barbecue contest and and i'd prefer even when i go to restaurants uh, if i'm reviewing one i will ask for it the way they serve it but if i'm there to eat you know i'll ask for the sauce on the side because i want to see you know sometimes you can cover up you know your you're cooking with sauce. Right, you got a great sauce yeah, and the food's right. not so great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to taste a kiss of smoke. If if they've over-smoked it, it's going to taste bitter. And that's easy to do, you know, with, especially with hickory or cherry. Some woods are more prone to, to, to go to the bitter side faster mm. than others. I like pecan and apple when I cook. But a kiss of smoke... We used to say it should should have a smoke ring, but then people figured out that they could put sodium nitrate on it and make a chemical ring, and oh. so we don't judge on a smoke ring anymore. Hmm. Fair enough. You just if it's there, fine. If it isn't, don't judge it down. And then it should be easy to eat or easy to chew. That's the tenderness factor. On ribs, they should gently pull off the bone. I Not tend like fall off, right? Yeah. Right. And personally, I like the fall off the bone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of old Kansas City style. I mean, okay. you go to some of our iconic restaurants, Rosedale, uh, Johnny's. He he learned at Rosedale and Big Q, and those. That's the old school style of ribs. They tend to be the fall off the bone ribs. I love it. Oh yeah. But in a contest, they want a gentle pull. A little tug, and, right? Yeah, a little yeah. tug. And the same with brisket. They want to slice and you give it the pull test and it should gently kind of easily split. pull apart. Yeah, but not just fall in, fall yeah, in, not be fall mushy. Apart in your hands. Yeah. To me, if it's mushy, then that's too overcooked. Right. Uh-huh. Otherwise, if it tastes good, then I can taste some smoke. <laughs> and if they drown it in sauce, it's like, well, you could have cooked this in an oven. I mean, you've covered <laughs> right. up all the smoke taste. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting that you say that because one of the biggest gripes, I think, from people that live outside of Kansas City um, that I've heard is mm-hmm. that the barbecue it automatically comes sauce. There's yeah. this misconception that every single restaurant here everything is over it's sauced but Lathered. it's, it's over yeah, sauced yeah, right. and so they're like make they're uh, making up for lack yeah. of flavor yeah. lack of uh, how do you that's, see Kansas I think City that's barbecue? a legitimate argument you know it, it's I would just advise people to ask for sauce on the side and sometimes you'll have to send it back because there are places that are so accustomed to mm-hmm. saucing it it's that automatic. they'll they'll uh, forget that you said that and, mm-hmm. and I've had that happen where I said well I asked 
<clears throat> I asked for sauce on the side, and this is drowned in it. <laughs> and that may be their style. They don't see it coming, though? Yeah. They don't see it coming? And <laughs> no. Like uh-uh. no. <laughs> so, it, you know, you can get around that. Uh, maybe there would be a place that say no, but then you'd be suspicious. What What are you covering up? What are you hiding? Yeah. Cause... I think I'm uh, just Kansas City through and through because I – love the sauce yeah i uh, i have nothing against the sauce i yeah. just want it to complement the meat that's, and yeah. not overpower it what uh we talked a little bit about old school barbecue mm-hmm. um let's talk a little new school we've got yeah. a lot of uh hot restaurants that are kind of popping up all over they've kind of solidified mm-hmm. themselves as like a new the new school of kansas city barbecue mm-hmm. what what are some big trends that are uh really shaping the landscape right yeah. now well the you know, Rob McGee likes to call his chef-driven. Uh-huh. And Rob and there's quite a few or several other CIA-trained chefs who are into barbecue. And by that, I mean Culinary Institute of America. Mm-hmm. Sure, thank you. <laughs> CIA has been tossed around a lot in the news lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no they, idea they what you're have, talking about. They have, their, <laughs> they have their secrets. Barbecues have theirs. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I love what the the chefs are doing. I right, mean, um, they they can break the rules because mm-hmm. you know the old slow and low thing that we've preached in contest barbecue for so long. Well, it's not especially new to go hot and fast, but uh, like <clears throat> Bozo's Hot Pit Barbecue in uh, Mason, Tennessee. They've been doing hot pit barbecue for years. Mm. They literally take frozen butts, oh my put, them, put them on the, their grill. They have fans going, mm-hmm. these hot coals, and that's how they cook their barbecue. And it's great. Wow. I love bozos. So we've got the chef-driven that emerged out of the contest style. Right. We've got the contest style, which, as I mentioned, tends to be uh, what I call candied barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they inject a lot, you know, even gotcha. Memphis in May. I, when I used to judge Memphis in May, I loved the whole the whole hog barbecue judging was my favorite. And then, this was in the 80s, they were using vinegar-based sauces because, as I mentioned earlier, the, the sour complements the sweet of the meat. Now, even the big guys, I won't mention any names, but... They're using more of a sweet, sweet stuff hmm. on on pork, and I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's just because people like eating sweet stuff, and that's yeah, just, yeah? I mean, it's, they're willing to forgive any other flavors uh, or that's taste. All I can, well, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, I was, you know, I, I don't want dessert when I go to a barbecue place. Yeah, so. <laughs> you wait for that after. Yeah, yeah. I right. was reading a story. Usually, I'm yeah. too full for it. <laughs> I was reading a story a couple months ago. I think it was even the New York Times that they felt that one of the biggest trends coming towards barbecue was the end of regional barbecue. Mm-hmm. That essentially, very soon, five, ten years in the future, there wouldn't necessarily be a Kansas City style or Carolina sure. style. Yeah, that everyone was cooking everything. Yeah, do you agree? That's with that? valid. Uh, you go to Dallas now, you know, some Kansas Cityans, I hate to tell them this, but they say, well, only Kansas City has burn-ins. Not so. Mm-hmm. Go to Dallas, they're all over the place mm-hmm. there, and they do great burn-ins there. It is becoming a lot like that. There's a group I'm in called True True Q. John Shelton Reed out of North Carolina is insisting, and he's, he has some respectable people uh, on board, 
that if, if it isn't cooked with hardwood, it isn't barbecue. Mm-hmm. You know, we they're electric cookers. They're get, he's especially concerned that the whole hog barbecue in Carolina is going to gas. Mm-hmm. And the the real barbecue, as we believe, use hardwood. There they use hardwood coals. Here in Kansas City, we like to, the benefit of the the smoke as it becomes coals. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. That's one of my gripes about North Carolina barbecue. <laughs> they let all the good smoke out before they put the coals under the meat. Right. <laughs> but, Interesting. So there's some truth as far as commercial barbecue is concerned that, that that's happening. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I, it would make sense, too, because the world is becoming a smaller place. Yeah. People are spreading out more. Mm-hmm. They're bringing back different flavors. So sure. if a restaurant's saying, hey, people like this style, then why right. not try it? Right. Um, when you go to the American Royal, you'll see teams from all over the country. Yeah. You know, and they they teach, they learn from each other. And they, some of them, if they're successful, they start a restaurant. Yeah. You know, it's like Smoky D's. They won the American Royal one year. And right. You go up to Des Moines and eat at Smoky D's. It'll taste a lot like Kansas City barbecue. They're, they're great. Would you say that's one of your favorite like restaurants? In, in Des Moines, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I gather you have a lot of favorite restaurants. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm eclectic, and, and I'm not... Uh, provincial okay you know and i don't feel that's disloyal to kansas city because we freely admit we stand on the shoulders of texas the carolinas kentucky mississippi uh you know all over the country mainly southern states Mm -hmm. but that's that's where we got our our skills right so do we rightfully own barbecue capital Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm always happy to have other people call us that. <laughs> that feels uh, good, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I, I'm not one to brag about myself, and mm-hmm. I, I don't like it when Kansas City brags about itself. Let others do that for us when it comes to barbecue, and they've done a great job. Mm-hmm. Ground Zero, mm-hmm. you know, Vince Staten, in the, his book, Real Barbecue, he, he's got a really lavish uh accolades for Kansas City Barbecue. And I, I like to quote him instead mm-hmm. of somebody from someone Kansas else do City. Talking for yeah, you. yeah, yeah, that's that's the best way. Fair enough. You know, you've um, traveled a little bit. You've uh, went to London recently. Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, does barbecue in the American sense exist over there? How does it? Is that even well, a thing? Similarly, but uh, they, you know, we have a one Kansas City guy, who, uh, Michael Gratz who's uh, has prairie fire barbecue okay he plans to open a restaurant there in a few months now he's working out of a market and, and doing huh. cat- catering so he definitely brought some kansas city style but <clears throat> the one i first was acquainted with was smokestack in east london and that's through tom parker bowles who we became friends when he judged at jack daniels several years ago and mm-hmm. we i contacted him said let's break some bones in london we're coming and so <laughs> he said we'll meet at smokestack and there the uh this it's a chef driven barbecue mm-hmm. they're using an old hickory pit from cape, cape Girardeau, missouri and no yeah yeah huh. and uh, they also have a big i've forgotten the name of it from the pit from texas it's commercial pit and the guy is from scotland but you know a Londoner now, uh, David Taylor, I think is his name. I have to read my blog about that. <laughs> anyway, he's he's. 
I liked his barbecue. It's tender. He gets one interesting thing is his beef comes from our Kansas City, Kansas. And he gets uh, his other meat from a, there's a, well, Creekstone Farms in Ark City. And his other meat from somewhere in Wales or mm-hmm. in, in the United Kingdom. So he's got it shipped all over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this beef is in a Temple Grandin approved processing plant. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. She's, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Right. Yeah. She's done a lot for humane treatment of animals mm-hmm. and slaughterhouses and all that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't call his barbecue Kansas City style. Mm-hmm. There's some Kansas City influence, some Texas influence, mainly the beef ribs, wonderful beef ribs. A little bit heavy on the sauce, but I, I, I overlooked that you know, <laughs> because the flavor was so good. And he's he has non-meat items that are really gourmet. I mean, my wife is an eggplant aficionado. Mm-hmm. And she loved the eggplant. Mine, mine went to second place after she tasted his. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Would you say that you eat barbecue all the time? I'm in moderation. In moderation. I mean, it's, you know, it's the sides that, you know, you have to watch out for. That's what I mm. blame my weight on. You know? <laughs> the fries, <laughs> but, the beans, and the coleslaw. Yeah, I mean, mac and cheese. there are times when I just, you know, Arthur Bryant's was probably the the first barbecue place I tried in, when we moved to Kansas City. So some friends from New York had read Calvin Trillin's mm-hmm. treatment of it, and I had never been there, so they said, let's go. So I did, and I've been a fan ever since. Actually, I bought sauce from Mr. Bryant the day before he died. Oh, wow. And he, wow. he made change out of his pocket, gave me his pen with the Hereford cow or steer uh-huh. in the the uh, liquid uh-huh. that he used to pass out for promotions. That's incredible. You still yeah. have it, don't you? Well, I gave it to my brother-in-law, but I have another one that wow. I've saved. Yeah, that's um, it's cool about that because a lot of people say that Arthur Bryant's barbecue sauce is a little bit different than mm-hmm. sort of the oh yeah, KC style. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. people think Kansas City style KC masterpiece. No. I, I, you know, I like Casey Masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Rich Davis was a good friend. Mm-hmm. In fact, people confuse me with him. They'll say, are you that Casey Masterpiece guy? Okay, I'll say, no, he was a friend. That, that's Rich Davis. I'm poor Davis. <laughs> so, but, but that sort, sort of, I, I blame that for setting the stereotype right. that, that we're sweet. Mm-hmm. But Bryant's, it's a vinegar-based sauce, grainy. You know, it's an acquired taste. I love it. But, and I especially like uh, Gary Berbilia developed the sweet heat. It's mm-hmm. uh, a little sweet, but not overly sweet. I, I like that, too. But you go to Rosedale. Mm-hmm. That's one of the originals, the oldest continuously operated in mm-hmm. Kansas City. Not sweet. Right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned yeah. Arthur Bryant. We were mm-hmm. talking off air a little bit about mm-hmm. art and mm-hmm. uh um, it made me think of that comic strip the day after Arthur Bryant. Right. Uh, it's a depiction of Arthur Bryant at the gates of heaven and Jesus meets him there. I'm sorry. Uh, God meets yeah, him there yeah. and says, did you bring some sauce? Yeah. I love that. I, mean, I, <laughs> I asked Lee judge for permission to use that in my very first book, the pocket guide to Kansas city barbecue. And he gave me permission. And then later he did a caricature of me, which I treasure of, of Remus, you yeah. know, with the derby hat and, bow tie and 
we didn't talk about that the meaning of that but that i'll visual. throw that in mm-hmm. just quickly the derby hat if you look at turn of the century turn of the 19th into the 20th century photos of butchers when they'd pose for pictures many of them would wear that derby hat i don't know why hmm. and they would so, have a yeah they'd just have a, they'd have a butcher's apron on mm-hmm. they didn't have a bow tie but the bow tie and tuxedo shirt come from that era so right. i i I dress up to to give the oath, and I wear a bow tie with a tuxedo shirt. And you've got I, a necklace too, right? Or well, it looks like a necklace, but it's right? it's uh, I I use powerful magnets to stick those three rib bones on. Oh, see, our our yeah. boss is obsessed with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the significance <laughs> on that, I say, you know, I I these are mementos of my oral exam at the Greasehouse University. <laughs> So the first rib has a little bit of meat on it. The second has a little less meat. And the fourth, third one has no meat. So I say, that's the bachelor. This is the master's. This is a PhD. <laughs> I love it's a good that. story. <laughs> There's a lot of lore that needs to be mined out of the Rebus Powers yeah. uh, story. I love it. <laughs> um, what's next for Kansas City Barbecue? We've talked a little bit about old school, new school. Where's yeah. it going? Well, I'm one one thing that i encourage we have the world's largest barbecue society it's built on the foundation of contest style i keep preaching to my friends in the barbecue society there is more than 60 million people out there who love to barbecue and mostly it's grilling right and i call that barbecue too you're using fire and smoke and you know you can grill hot and fast or you can smoke low and slow mm-hmm. you can call both of them barbecue mm-hmm. let's reach out to them and when i talk to backyard cooks a lot of them are intimidated by the contest people they think man i could never learn how to cook like they do well yes you can it's no mm-hmm. no big secret mm-hmm. and if you ask that most of the teams are willing to to uh, cooperate so that's one aspect the other is you know meat as a resource is be- you know, it's very expensive and to the environment to, you know, it takes a lot of grain to raise that protein. There's a team in Silicon Valley and team in the Netherlands working to be the first to make uh, commercially available. They call it clean meat or laboratory meat uh, that will appeal to consumers the same way real meat does. Mm -hmm. And eventually we're going to see that happen. Some people don't want to believe it. I just, the more I see, the the more I'm convinced that it's necessary and, and it's on the horizon. And some of the meat companies are investing in that, and they're Absolutely. smart to do it. Mm-hmm. If Now, if you go to Houlihan's and Fairways, one of the only places I know in this area where you can get the Impossible Burger, mm-hmm. it's a entirely plant-based protein, mm-hmm. and it it's a it, very close to real Hamburger. I mean, it's like a texture, you want, and yeah, taste, right? Yeah, it's yeah. really good. That's impressive. They fry it. I wish they would grill it and get a little charcoal uh-huh. smoke Just flavor in it. That. Yeah, well, everything tastes good fried. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> Remus says. Yeah, so <laughs> that's on the horizon. Um, we hear cooks complaining about judges. This is back in the contest thing. They want more consistency and all that. Well, we have a judging certification program, and mm-hmm. they all learn the rules and everything. I keep saying, well, if you want absolute consistency, go to robots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
we won't need human judges anymore because you yeah. can you can teach a robot with artificial intelligence how to do that. Mm-hmm. And what's you can the also appeal t- on that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You can also teach robots how to cook. I mean, mm-hmm. we may see in the future barbecue restaurants are totally robotic. Computers, artificial intelligence, they they can learn more than faster and better than we humans. Yeah, it seems like that's the kind of way a lot uh, of yeah, stuff's happening. Yeah, I did it fantasy thing for the bullshit uh, barbecue 2121 oh. where the 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 two people that are featured in the mm-hmm. fantasy they went to a barbecue restaurant in california and they they thought something was fishy about the server but they couldn't figure out what it was turns out she was a robot <laughs> she could speak six thousand languages fluently oh. she she knew everything about their barbecue and and the robot in the kitchen or the pit master in the kitchen was a robot. So, <laughs> and that's, you know, that can, that's, that's within reach. On the horizon, right. Yeah. Know. Wow. And, Very and, interesting. Um, have you ever met Guy Fieri? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, is he a nice guy? He's a nice guy. Yeah. I love triple D. So yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. The guy is, he's, you know, real people. I mean, yeah. He just, he's, you know, he and the Motley Q crew, uh-huh. they're often at the American Royal. <sighs> And he's been to Jack Daniels a few times. And I think later. you're both in the Hall of Fame, correct? Yeah. 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 I'm honored to be with him. He's uh, fun to be with. Yeah. He's just like real it. down to earth. <laughs> you know, he's, he, he knows how to perform for the camera. Yeah. But yeah. he's he's a really genyone nice heard, guy. I've heard person. off camera he's he's really cares about the restaurants, cares yeah. about the people. He does. Um well we have been honored to be with he, you here today. Um, I don't. Is there anything else you want to mention before? Well, I we... thought we were just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> You've made us too hungry. Yeah, and yeah. I need a Z-man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Artie Davis, uh, Remus Powers, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Thank, thank you, you so much. That's all for this episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter for show updates, extras, and more. And remember to subscribe and rate us on your preferred platform. Special thanks to MMGY Global and to Kevin McLeod for Speakeasy's theme music.